0: This is part of why I like, I know this is such a big jump now, but this is part of why I like Travis Scott's music, bro.
1: Oh, This is why I like Travis Scott, bro. I love Travis Scott's yeah, music. Yeah, man, I think he's yeah. dope, bro. And I love Posty as well.
0: Like, that whole kind of thing is coming up now. that's why I like them, though.
1: Don't sleep on Posty. Yeah, he's sick. He's dope. Yeah, I've yeah. just done a film of him. No,
0: Yeah, the film I did called Cash Trunk with Guy Ritchie. Yeah, I mean, he's this in is it. just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What, what do you think I'm dealing with here? <laughs> what do you think this is?
0: Killer, killer,
1: killer Keller podcast live show step into the live and dangerous world of music and street culture's number one magazine platform the killer Keller podcast live show special guests alongside performances news reviews profile pieces to a live studio audience your monthly live stream is here hit facebook page killer Keller official instagram uk frontline 101.4 fm 24 hours a day all john xfm.co.uk THTC, the UK's leading ethical streetwear label. Organically grown and ethically built garments from hemp, organic cotton and other sustainable materials. 2019 is their 20th anniversary year. Join me with THTC as a Killer Kella podcast sponsor celebrating music, social activism, hemp and street culture. THTC, eco-fashion redefined since 1999.
0: <laughs> Beatbox created. Killer, Killer.
1: And we need here to talk.
0: world
1: music and street culture killer killer podcast okay yes my guy well here we are again live and direct central london or central as you need to be big shout out to graffiti kings and uh, yeah my place is like a transitional movement of constant artistry and awesomeness coming through so be sure to check out the killer killer podcast on a weekly subscribe do all that business and Today, we have a good friend of mine. It's not a bad about Lola hey, inside the place. Okay, okay, are <laughs> How are you? Yeah, Superstars very well. Numbers. Very well,
0: bro. Just doing good. Good to be here, man. Yeah. As I told you before, this is my dad's end. My dad grew up in Kensal Rise. So mm. whenever I come back here, it always feels very sort of profound. Does it feel like homely? Yet? Definitely. It's a second home uh, to me. Really? Oh, so Yeah, yeah. If I was just like rack up London i say East is home mm. North and North West share equal billing as my second home Ooh. yeah and then there's no more homes it's just mm. that you mm. know what I'm coming from East and yeah. West yeah East is home and then North and North West <laughs> North West and North particularly NW10 in mm. fact let me actually be more specific yeah you have to hear East is home and then North and the NW10 postcode area are my second home. See, this is the thing. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: very well versed in terms of culture because, like, there are significant differences between East and West. Oh yeah, for real, like, yeah, and man, that, big time. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, uh, the art scene of the East London sides to mm-hmm. well, grime obviously, yeah. but then the West side like that early reggae influences and
0: the sound systems. Yeah, Harston and that as well, and like, Northwest, Notting Hill, and Carnival. Yeah, yeah, man, a lot of differences, but dude i mean i love london like i say it all the time i'm like a london fanatic dude i've got t-shirts that say london on them like just as we speak and my friend is making me t-shirts that say like east central london on them just for some shows i got coming up because my brother's a rapper shout out rap to him rap to him sit rapper tight, rap to yeah man tight in the he's place. Very, you know very very you're very you know it is. yeah and like um like all the sort of The different cultural touchstones that you can find in every area, as you said with East, the grime, Mm. and like even like the jungle with East London as well, and the sort of deep jungle. I mean, dude. But as um, and then even North London, man. I can't ever forget to shout out North, because bro, Shadé, North London, Soul to Soul, North London. Like for so, me, soul oh my to gosh, soul. Yeah. That, that, as is,
1: alone. that is North London. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Amy in.
0: Winehouse, North London, George Michael, North London, North London oh. has got and then Skepta, Jamie, Chipmunk. Yeah, they're right. Tottenham. Yeah, they? exactly. North London's got a rich, rich scene. But obviously, I'm an East Boy, so Dizzy, Wiley, mm-hmm. D Double, mm-hmm. these are all my guys, you know? Dude. Hey, no. yeah.
1: I mean, these are these are peppers of like names that have just influenced and dominated. Pop culture oh, yeah. in the last five years Big it's, time. it's mad isn't it How mm-hmm. these, these, these small incubated scenes yeah. they, they blow up using the most By any means necessary Yeah
0: they do Big time It's beautiful time. It's incredible And um, I just think London as a city It's potential for, for creative excellence it's, it's just Like dude Do you ever go back and listen to Boy in the Corner? It's crazy it's, uh, it's dude. Crazy. It's crazy as a tapestry I can't cope when I listen to it Does I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day mm. and he told me that you know well in fact I wasn't speaking about that I was speaking about um, Treading on Thin Ice Wiley's album which
1: you mm. slept on pretty yeah clearly. it was
0: slept on and I because I sent him a chat from it called Got Somebody Now and he was mm. like oh, I wasn't really feeling I said I said I can only say that maybe at the time what that song came around at the time when Grime was really finding itself mm. as a genre you know Grime had a lot of experimentation in mm. it I said to him all I can say is that you weren't of age at the time to hear this and feel a resonance.
1: Thank you. Do
0: you understand what I mean? When Thank I hear you. that shit, bro, it resonates with me because it resonates with the way London East London was at that, that time. I remember I it so well, and it just takes me straight back. And this is what I think is amazing about music. It carries that mm. nostalgic magic, bro. It, yeah, it, it carries nostalgic I merit magic. I found the
1: whole thing amazing, the way that the sound of that of that era was defined on maybe two or three Poignant sounds like the snare of Wiley, yeah, that, that, yeah. that esky snare, snare it's just you still can't match that now. Nah, bro, you
0: can't, man. It's like it, it's, all it's like... so, it's such a potent snare, man. It snaps, yeah. but it but it snaps with so much skip, yeah. you know, that skippy flow, that skippy flow. With when the they tone is on a good, I'm telling you, man, it's like sometimes <laughs> I hear snares and I feel like they land too heavily, and yeah. it doesn't it doesn't allow the song to ride on enough with yeah. ride on with enough sort of skip essentially of that yeah. bounce yeah but you see what it was about those wily snares and just his drums mm. in general and also just the bit sounds he used the samples he used mm. just the samples he no, used I'm Cool, you don't right, cool. the samples chill. he used yeah it meant that his beats and the, his flow just mm. skipped along long Smashed recently, bro. It, bro. And i was watching his wild his westwood freestyle from 2008 yesterday and i i just thought okay yeah the storms beef's beats happen and everybody thinks storms won, one but it doesn't matter what storms does here wiley's achievements and his legacy uh, are so far-reaching right. so sort of monumental in terms of the history of uk music they, almost you could say when he sings with people it's literally sport he can't truly be beaten in a grand sense mm-hmm. of yeah yeah, yeah yeah beaten he can only be you can only have him in a little bout but if mm. we're talking i haven't heard anybody spit like the way he spits in that West i think he's incredible
1: the, 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 and with still aggression and passion clarity yeah yeah
0: the clarity, the clarity the aggression the passion but also just the sort of he seems like a sensei he's mm. got this bar when he says you know it's, it's unusual mm. but i talk to the dead and i just think that sums him up Man I said, it's unusual, but I talk to the dead. He's trying to make a point to you. Like, I'm not like you guys. I talk on a different level. And the thing That's is, so oh, he, he, he called another one, he calls himself <laughs> the most unusual star on the planet. He is so unusual, yeah, man. I yeah, was yeah, talking yeah, to my boy the other day. I said, there. Wiley is so different. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think in terms of character, mm. in terms of, like, idiosyncrasies, etc., etc. he is the most alternative... In terms of the way his character comes across of every star in London.
1: Challenging for sure. Very
0: challenging. You watch his interviews doing yeah. he's interrupting the interviewer. Yeah. He's correcting things the interviewer says, mm. he's going on tangents. Yeah, yeah. He's so frank.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so frank. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Other he trigger- star, he's triggered all the time. Dude, all
0: the time. Mm. He's always like he it seems like he's leading the interview. I, I just don't <laughs> think there's any it's other true. stars like him. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anybody like Wiley. Mm. And I I mean shout out to wiley man yeah. i just think he's a legend no
1: one else will actually say what they think and, and it's music in general mm-hmm. um there's a sanitizing of like um whereas back in the day there used to be like certain genres that commanded like saying what they thought yeah hip-hop was definitely it punk was definitely it like mm-hmm. and, and the fusion of those things like, public enemy come on like nowadays music is a is, is kind of like a, a soft
0: Yeah, I hear that, man. You know what I mean? I completely agree. It does feel like the sort of the anti-establishment quality of music, what punk is, you're essentially to rebel and to have your say. It does seem like it's gone. Back in the day, there were so many more musicians whose music felt like Mm. it wasn't fit for the artists receiving an OBE. Mm. Do you know what I'm coming Mm. from? Like nowadays, all artists receiving OBEs and whatever, but like, you couldn't give the sex Pistols an OBE in the heyday. You couldn't give the Grime lot and do you know you know some people have argued that it's sort of big sort of lofty recognitions that kill the sort That's of, what I'm that j- as you were of, saying, I was yeah, just man, there's yeah.
1: a formula that people have suddenly mm-hmm. fallen mercy
0: to to k- kind of keep the 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 money pullers yeah, happy. Indeed, bro, and if you think of like, I mean, would would Grime have ever died out if 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 Dizzy never won the Mercury Prize? Mm-hmm.
1: Controlling that shit. See what I mean? Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, sceptical, wanted it. Yeah. All right. So there's,
0: there's all these. He com- it there. Yeah. Mm. And he actually once said that he thinks the BBC were responsible. He he didn't like what, ra- whatever radio mm. station it was linked to the BBC that was, that had such a stronghold in grime. He said that he feels in some ways like that was a uh, it contributed to the sort of the dilution of grime and mm. and the eventual temporary death mm. before. The re-up with Meridian Dan.
1: Mm, yes, 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 you know, yes, yes. yes, Shut down. The and, whole Meridian crew. Um, yeah, right. I do feel like, in one sense, he's right. But let's let's look at the, the journey of most genres. They do, they have their time in the sun. Yeah. And ultimately, they're not going to last that way. It yeah, doesn't, it, nothing lasts that way. It's true. Um, it does diversify. I mean, drum and bass has diversified a hell of a lot. Ooh. You know what I mean? When you think about the UK Apache days and then going now into, like, Sigma. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, and chasing uh-huh. status. Big and time. You know I mean, it's just changed and evolved. And uh, one thing that you do have to have your stars, you have your boys in the corner and you, you have your esky beats, they're always going to be, like, the, the things that people remember. Yeah, But there needs to be growth and I think there needs to be those stars like Skeptic coming through and Lethal Bizzle and you know what I mean? Hell yeah,
0: I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Of course, it just doesn't last. It doesn't, man. I mean, I guess the only thing as an artist you can do, regardless of what kind of art you do, is to really try and stay true to yourself. You have to. Because ultimately I feel like the only thing that can kill an artist is when they lose touch with who they are. And you know That happens in a number of ways. It happens through... Corporate sort of um, corporate grooming. Mm. So like that's the big mainstream labels getting a hold of you. Mm. Another way it happens is drugs. A lot of artists lose themselves to drugs. It's true. Do you not agree? And and actors too. Yep. Yeah. they're actors, musicians. Mm. I do. I don't think people realize the extent to which you know in the movie School of Rock, right, of Jack Black. There's this one scene where the little boy goes to join a bunch of like cool mm-hmm. rockers, or whatever, and he tries to explain to him how pointless it is to do drugs because he says that as much as it seems like you're cool and whatever, the mm-hmm. brutal truth of the matter is drugs actually kill your potency. That's the truth. They genuinely, I believe they genuinely kill your potency as an individual. Potencies.
1: Um, Explain, define potency.
0: So, you know, as an artist, man, an artist is a warrior, hmm. so to speak. Mm. They're taking what they do to the front line and they're saying, Let's fucking go, bro. <laughs> Do you fuck with this or not? Come on, talk right? that, that shit. You understand what I'm trying to say, bro? Woo! That's what you're doing as an artist. So yeah. as an actor, if you do a performance, you're taking it to the front line. Yeah. You're saying, what's good? Exposing, right? come on. You're exposing mm. yourself as a musician, as a beatboxer, mm. as a guitarist, as a painter, whatever you do, you're mm. always taking your art to the front line. Mm-hmm. But you can't take anything to the front line if you're not sharp. You. Right, you would never be sent to battle if you're un- if you're unfit to battle. And
1: people can see it; they can exactly. see when you're sluggish. They can there see There we when-
0: go. Now it's the same thing with all kinds of artists. Mm. Now, you can't. Take work to the front line if you're not sharpening your tools effectively in the background, if you're not preparing, mm. if you're not fit. Now, the thing is mentally, actively, physically, there creatively. We there right. we go. So, what I think of about artists when they first come into the game, mm. all kinds of artists, is that when they come in, they're younger and they're fresher, and therefore they're hungrier. <laughs> and that hungriness manifests itself in the sort of the amount of effort they give, yeah. how razor sharp they are. Normally, they seem quite raw because they haven't been corporately groomed yet. Yeah. And they also haven't been caught by any external influences that will eventually dim. And sort of blunt the sharpness of their tool. So, like, if we take take it back to like, I'm not going to use any artists as an example because mm. I don't want to do that. In fact, I'm going to use something. I'm going to use, I'm going to use Jean Michel Basquiat, right? Okay, the fam- yeah. The famous painter. Yeah. Okay, when he first came in, dude, he was sharp. I'm fucking it up. Off the streets, mm. visions were un- un- unreal. Mm. People couldn't fuck with him. Mm. He didn't even want corporate grooming. Mm. Though. He was just in there whacking out paintings. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, left, yeah. right, and center. That like, killing the whole yeah. world of his work. Right. And then the money came in. But the money didn't ruin him because so, he was still quite, had all these really cool ideas. Like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to buy Armani suits, mm. but not wear socks. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to be bare feet with yeah, yeah. these Armani suits. And you're going to see me painting in these famous suits. That got, like, I'm, I'm wearing these suits like they're fucking overalls. Overalls, exactly. That's what he's doing. That was cool. That was like, all right, cool. My guy still wants to be ahead mm, of the mm, curve. Mm, like, he's not like these other dudes. Everybody coming in their black turtleneck. Mm. That's a classic artist look. Like, but he went, then, yeah. they, He went a different way of it. And then as it goes on, Essentially, the hedonism begins. You know, when you've got a lot of money and you've had a lot of success, the capacity to which your your ability to chase pleasure just heightens because you have more money. Therefore, you can afford bigger drugs. You can afford to party more. You can afford to essentially run a party. Mm. And What I mean by that is you're going to go, you're going to bring a bunch of girls and buy everybody drinks. You you start to become so like, almost like it's the autonomy it gives you means mm. you start to act with a lot and of like... you fold in on yourself. You fold in on yourself. And all those drugs, all those drugs like... I mean, I, I I don't even really want to list this drug because I smoke it, but I'm not a regular with it. Mm, Weed, mm. you know, okay, and then we go to the harder drugs, the cocaine, mm, the mm, pills, mm. everything like that. All it does is, as much as it might give you a rush in a moment, it does have the effect of sort of... Um, it just kills your potency. So, for example, that musician... Yeah. That, coming back to Jean-Michel Basquiat, sorry, bro, I speak in a lot of tangents. It's, so right, my mind it's works podcast right. fodder. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. um, I'm, just, I'm riding your wave, bro. I'm riding your wave. <laughs> coming back mm-hmm. to Jean-Michel Basquiat... He started to lose the urge to pain mm. because there was nothing there was nothing necessarily really was chasing anymore. Mm. It was pleasure and you can't just yeah. chase pleasure. that's yes, right. Pleasure, ch- the chasing of pleasure only inspires so much art. Mm. It's only so long before people get tired of hearing you talk about being on downs and hearing you talk about girls and that, it, the that's substance what, yeah. is
1: what brought them in. That's, and that's what happens when people do albums. The first album is like, raw, raw, as fuck as raw. Exactly. But yeah. when it comes to the second album, the dubious second album, they've done the touring, they've done the girls, yeah, they've done the man. drugs and, and all of a sudden
0: they're talking about things that aren't people can't relate to. Mm-hmm. big time. That's a real problem, isn't it? It is a real problem. And it just, and also just the way it slows you, like for example, the ability to you know, to answer quickly, mm. to, to have somebody ask you a question and be able to, do, to, to, be able to deduce what they've said mm. and then go, cool. Mm. And then even as an artist, the ability to come up with razor sharp rhymes, yeah. You know, as a rapper or as an actor, to be able to find that interesting delivery that will make you stand out amongst the rest. Mm. To what extent are you as open to those little sparks of magic? Mm. If your mind's, if your sort of, if your if if your creative core has somewhat been dimmed by how much drugs you're doing. Like yeah. I, the best person for me to use as an example is Slice Stone. No, Slice Stone. Sly and the Family. Sly. Oh, what's right, the yeah. group called again?
1: Um. Oh my god, no. But him, Sly yeah. Stone. I know you
0: don't. Sly Stone. Oh man, I think I think I'm not Sylvester Stallone. The the soul musician. Yeah, Sly, Sly and Stone. the Family Stone. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah Slice Stone, Stone him, yeah, right? Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah that's that's the one. Yeah, you so got it. So you right got it. That. All right, so basically Dude, he was like the most revolutionary soul-funk musician of all time. Some people see him as the inventor of funk. And he was unbelievable. And he had this brand; and he was the lead mm. of it and he was the multi-instrumentalist. He was essentially the musical genius. But as time went on, everybody knows, it's no secret, his drug addiction got worse and worse and worse and until by the him. end of it, his music had no punch to it. Mm. And people, you know, when he was... In his early days, he was witty. He was charming. He was mm. smooth. You know, he was chill, but he mm. could be quick if he mm-hmm. had to be. Mm-hmm. Nowadays... He's just essentially a zombie, mm. and that sounds a horrible thing to say, but it's mm. the truth because that's what the drugs have done to him. Yeah. He's still got that genius brain in there, mm. but he's not in the gym anymore. Mm. It's like I, I see it like getting fat. Mm, yeah. It's like your mind calcifying say, your dude, shit. In, in, indeed, calcifying him exactly. Yeah. yeah, all these drugs it can make your mind fat. Mm. So yeah, so it starts with
1: something. something. but It starts with a really great idea. Mm. Oh cool, I'm gonna do some drugs. Wow, that was amazing. But this thing suddenly chases up on you, and it's because it's it it, it
0: Immerses you as a habit, and then it does, it? then outweighs your output. Yeah, and I think, and I, and you know what? Yeah, the reason why I'm talking about this is because I don't think enough artists discuss the downside of drugs. Mm. Look, artists, we we've all done drugs. That's a fact of life, yeah. right? But I think this whole thing of trying to sell it as a luxury all the time is just really problematic because Mm. there's young kids out here who will never be artists, who will never have the money that artists Mm. who are successful end up having. Yeah, And are being inspired by lyrics and et cetera, et cetera. I'm Mm. I'm purposely not naming names, but they're inspired by people who are like telling them in their lyrics, try this, try Mm. this, try this. And then they're trying it and just sometimes just dying. this shit up,
1: yeah. You
0: know what I mean? I don't want to sound like the uncle, uncle. Uh -uh. But also wasting the fuck out of their money. Yep, exactly. Oh my God, like, so this isn't not this is not me saying don't do drugs. This is mm. me saying if you're going to do them, you need to be safe. Safe,
1: yeah. Safe and irregular.
0: Yeah, irregular, man.
1: Irregular, like
0: you know what socially I mean? on a good time, occasionally, but definitely not on a daily like you're mm. brushing your teeth. Yeah, that is not the way to do it. Uh, I'll just leave that there. Do you um do you drink? No, I actually don't drink at all. I'm teetotal. I just oh, yeah. I smoke weed. That's my thing. How does that work?
1: Because I, I I at times could be the complete opposite, and I'm. Sometimes it's just, like, escapism. Um, what's your escapism?
0: Mine is weed.
1: Is it?
0: Yeah. I'll tell you what my escapism, my escapism is, bro. It's smoking weed and listening to incredible music. Ah. Legit. Yeah. Like, dude, hmm. my thing is to, I put my earphones in and sometimes I do it with somebody. I oh. like to sometimes offer other people this experience. That's how much I enjoy it. Yeah. I, say, I might say to somebody, let's meet up. Hmm. And then i bring my pipe and I'll bring my flipping lighter and a weed and i have my earphones in and I'll give them... A, they'll have their earphones. I don't even play the music out loud. We have to both have earphones in. Oh, sick. See, see, this is saying? already the want bubble. I be in the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to have the music coming at me. Yeah? Yeah. Also, playing the music out loud leaves too much room for conversation. Yeah. If I'm trying to enjoy the song, I know...
1: Listen to the fucking tune. I agree. No disrespect, I don't want to talk. it's so true. You know, yeah, I'm Just
0: listen. There's nothing worse for me than somebody playing the song and pausing and going... Or just ask me something random when no. the song is on. No, no, no. I Did you manage to that? see that thing last... Can you ask me that later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This yeah. is a moment, all right? Yeah, Yeah, man. I feel that. There we go. Mm. And that's how I escape, dude. And I go on long walks. Long, 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 long walks. I live in North London. I've lived there now for a while. Um, well, I've lived there for nearly two years. From East, born and raised. But yes, I do live in North now. And, um, dude, on a day when maybe I'm kind of bored... This is now irrespective of weed. I don't even need weed to do this. I'll put my earphones in mm. at night, go out to an area that's very far on mm. the edge of London, i.e. Cockfosters.
1: Oh yeah, way
0: up. Way out, yeah, and walk around just for ages, in these streets that are just dark with nobody else in them, with big, beautiful houses all around me. And the reason why I do it, bro, is because every now and then, I like to feel like I've just disappeared, man. Mm. And it's a weird feeling, but it's like, in this age whereby accessibility is at an all-time high, if mm. you can't reach me on my Twitter, you can try me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can't try me on my Instagram, try me on my phone. You can't yes, try, it's try it's me on your phone, try me on message. <laughs> just so many ways to get Lights, to me. Yeah. Going to a place where I'm literally awake from everyone and no one knows where I am, something about that, temporary invisibility liberating is liberating yeah. it's beautiful. liberating man and beautiful. that's one of the ways I escape man. I was love to get, myself
1: away do you know what that is such a good idea like I'm not saying I need escapism but at times I always find myself if I've got any time off mm-hmm. I'm finding ways of escaping yeah man and, and normally that does involve crossing over the road to the pub. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. I've never exp- I've never met anybody that does that. Like literally go into a, a silent mode, a place, a- get on perfectly get on a bus and just travel the fuck out.
0: Yeah, bro, that's me, that's me entirely like.
1: How's that fix fix some um, in a relationship where like, you know you've got misses or something like. She,
0: uh, so I used to be in a relationship but she used to do it with me. Yeah. Really? Yep.
1: And how was that how that fair?
0: It was incredible. Yeah. I loved doing it with her. But ultimately you can't bend other people to live how. No. You live, you got, to, you know. Yeah. So, um, I mean, for for a multitude of reasons, that relationship came to an end. But in its essence, I still do the things I do. That was still me. But it used to be bike rides. I used to get on a bike and, yeah, like, yeah. and zoom around.
1: Biking's and, everything, bro. I used to I'm do bike. I'm telling bikes. you, man. You know, you get to know a place. You
0: do, bro. I honestly, man, I think I know London, like just from just here, with the bike. I don't of, live here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When I tell you I know this area, where yeah. I know that if I go down there, I'm gonna get to flipping. World, exactly. I'm gonna, to That's bikes, field. man. Dude, I'm bikes do bikes do that? Man, yeah. It is that indeed. Bikes, do that. bikes are an incredible mm. way to just get around. But also, when you put music in, dude. There was one summer I was going ham, and I was riding from East London all the way down to like Beckenham, Southwest. Oh. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, another point I used to teach in a school in Croydon. I used to teach. Oh, you cycle down? Yeah. I used to ride from Leighton to Croydon. Jesus Christ! Leighton bro. to Croydon. That was one. Two and a half hours, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pure burn. But sometimes music you need
1: in. that because what happens is you concentrate on the now. Yeah, You're man. You're not concentrating on what there's... Because you have to just focus on the an now, and that's two and a half hours well spent of your own time.
0: And bro, I've been guilty of not being... You know, I, I, I sometimes look back and I think to myself, the other day I had a realisation that I spent... two years of university not being in the present, bro. That was one of the darkest realisations I've it's, ever it's had. It's actually... Ever.
1: It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah man. Was oh, that missing opportunity? I missed my
0: youth, bro. Yeah. I didn't miss my youth, but like I didn't, I wasn't there for it. From 19 to 21, I, on my life, bro, I wasn't there. I Why wasn't there. is that, do you think? Because at the age of 19, I went through depression. Uh, just like okay. just, that. So first year happened, first year was lit, right? Mm-hmm. Then in the summer between first year and second year, I went through depression. Mm. And what that depression did to me or hmm. is that it took me out of the moment. You know what? It's I, I really want to talk about this because I find it, find it very interesting. You know, I feel like you see depression, right? Mm-hmm. It has this effect, okay, of like putting you on autopilot. It puts you on autopilot. Hmm. So you're not necessarily there to experience anymore. And you almost become somewhat fearful of the extremes in life. So, for example, I was afraid of even having too good a time mm. because I knew that the come down would be too disaffected. Oh, Do you know what interesting, I mean? So I yeah. used to not go to parties, didn't go to any parties. I remember I was in uni. So you was kidding. Second was, and third year, You was yeah. a young buck. I started uni at 18, yeah. What? I finished at, wow. at 20, just about to turn 21. And like, wow. dude, I'm telling you, man, like, I went through that depression in the summer. I was depressed for the whole summer.
1: Really?
0: And... I became a bit of a monk. Hmm. I didn't go outside. I put all of my work into getting top grades. I, learned, I taught myself how to play piano like an absolute beast because I needed something to, to meditate So with. you're piano man? I'm, a, I'm good on piano, bro. Check my Instagram. Come yeah, on. I'm, I'm good on the keys, man. And basically, dude, I just locked myself away, you know what I mean? And I just wasn't prepared to indulge in hmm. friendships because the, the thing as, as well about depression is it makes it hard for you to trust people. Because you just about trust your own mind, In the end.
1: And your self esteem's already knocked, and you're oh, just yeah, yeah,
0: bro. You just about trust your own mind, mm. so you hard, find it very hard to trust other people. And you know,
1: walking into a social situation, you feel like
0: you're the, the or, spotlight's on you. Hell yeah, well, hell yeah, <laughs> bro, you got it. Yeah, and there's that, and then there's also what I just said is the fact that like you know, because you're always at this, Mm. at a low level, you become used to that as your flat line, as your sort of base state. So then it becomes a lack, for me anyway, I'm speaking for myself, Mm. I I started to lack this desire to actually even have a good time because I thought, Mm. no, because if I have too good a time, two reasons, number one, will I be able to enjoy it because depression puts you in your head all the time. And, the other reason was, if I do enjoy it, the come is going to hit me too hard. Mm. I don't even want to have a good time so that now when I'm back to feeling depressed, I'm thinking, oh, shit, back mm. to depression. So I thought I'd rather get used to this state mm. than even try and attain other states. Mm. So that's why I didn't get therapy or anything at the time. I just, I just lived with it. But the, the dark thing is that it meant that for second and third year and even beyond university, I spent about three or four years, like I would say from 19 to 22... I was I I wasn't present, bro. You just don't remember it. And that's a dark time to Mm. not be present, cause you're a baby. (laughs) But I wasn't present. You know what happened? At 23, my youth kicked off again
1: really, really in this like I'm stealing it now the... <laughs> you know
0: yeah, man, man? Yeah. But, and this is the <laughs> truth, dude. I feel like it's better to live your youth at twenty three man. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. well you just... you just know so much more. No more. Yeah,
0: I wasn't ready then. I was confused. I was so confused mm. and I was depressed, and I wasn't mm. ready to embrace the world. And a mm. big part of it, if I'm frank with you, is because I went from East London being in all black schools. Mm where people understood me and I understood everybody to go into Bournemouth where everybody was white, but not, not, not only was everybody white, nobody was really from London, everybody mm. was from the country. So you were an outsider? Big time. In all areas, yep. you were just like, this was not yep. your, your world. It was not not my world. And work, you
1: were of the age where it was like, those are fundamental, this kind of integrating of your, just socially, that's where you're yeah, really man. making your mark,
0: isn't it? You got me, bro. And, mm. and, and trust me, I felt the difference. Like, look, I'm just gonna speak very openly. When I was in East, man, before I went to university, dude, I, could, I had girls come into my house all the time. Mm. Sorry, mum. I had girls come around <laughs> my mum's house all the time. <laughs> Revelationary shit going down the, from parenthood. It was just normal. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was just normal. When I got to university, I was the odd one out. I didn't even have the confidence to go and talk to girls. Mm. I didn't because they were so different to me. They were all like, I, I went there at 18, and not that many people started my university mm. at 18, so I was the youngest mm. from a start. Mm. I was literally the youngest. I'm born on August 9th. Okay. So there's that.
1: I'm August 10th.
0: Hey! Yay. We have to
1: do double birthday parties next one.
0: Come on. Bro, you're August 10th. Yeah. That's my granddad's birthday as well. Special Come on, birthday, you know bro. what? We're gonna have to do the double birthday. Yeah, I love <laughs> that. Alright, well, basically, dude, like I'm literally the youngest. So I was 18.
1: Yeah, I know this feeling. Do you know what I'm coming yeah, from? Now,
0: course. a lot of the people that started my uni started at 20. Mm. 19 or the back end of 19 Mm. so like closer towards or just 21 22 just generally older bro Mm. so there was that all these women were from like Cornwall and Devon and Reading Mm. and Newbury and Mm. and like Mm. Bath and and even just up north but the point is areas that for me just I didn't know Mm. and Mm. they all seem very posh and very well spoken and very Mm. like from an entirely different universe to mm. me. And also, essentially, they didn't find me attractive. Mm. So, look, in terms of development, bro, I think that was an issue for me, you know, because I'd gone from being surrounded by girls, not that mm. all the girls loved me, it's just that I had the access. Mm. I was in East London where all the girls were from the world I know, mm. so, I'm not saying that you're like me, but the point is, I could always attract someone. Mm. To being able to almost attract nobody, yeah, and bro, that put me in a weird psychological. And, it,
1: state. and in being from the, in the well, that country alone is you know you're out, you're out in the burbs, and dude. you know you you get lost in the city, you follow the signs. If you get lost yeah. in the woods, you're fucked. I
0: love that. <laughs> bro, I love the way you phrase that. Right? It's the truth. <laughs> That's the truth. Mm. And I didn't have and dude, and I felt lost. Mm. I felt lost, man, like, and I, and I lost myself. I spent two and a half years in purgatory, bro, just like... Oh, that's... T- yeah, that's harsh. Not, bro, like, no romance, just work. Because you was, you was an exotic to them in 360, yeah. the whole thing. Uh-huh. So when
1: you're in that place, it's like, well, where do I belong then? Because
0: that I'm... is how I felt. Cat ...amongst the pigeons almost, mm-hmm. like, whoa. And I did feel that, bro, and I only realised yesterday because, you know, obviously I've, I've got a man to, Bournemouth is where I studied. Yeah. Right, So so recently, I've gone back there a couple of times. How's it to, um, felt? It's, it's, well, dude, it's been quite... Rev- this is why I say it was a revelation. In a better way? Yeah. So yeah. I went back the first time to give them a talk about how I've made it as an actor and my yeah. career so far. Amazing. The next time I went back to go and watch some third-year shows. Oh, amazing. And dude, let me tell you something, man. Going back there, I was sat at a show and I looked around and I said to myself, I'm almost envious of you guys that... That you're as young as you are. I mean, I'm not old. Is it more so multicultural there now? Is it more, it's multi- more multicultural? Good. Like, there's more of a black community. That's good, isn't it? Well, yeah, Stars. way more of a black community, but also more of a London community, bro. Like cool. when I was there, I was one. I was the only East London. Everybody else was from like like Slade Green, bro. These parts mm. of London that are like deep southeast mm-hmm. south, for me are basically Kent. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. but but I don't want to keep making the color reference, but it's important because it, it mattered yeah. at the time. I was a young black boy surrounded by only white people. And mm. I didn't, and I and I was very quintessentially London. Mm. And at that time, mm. quintessentially London, I wouldn't call it a compliment. It was almost like something that you didn't want to be, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not even brother, Like all that kind of stuff. But I was like that. Oh, right. right. Okay. I've so still got a bit of it in me now and I never want to lose it. But the yeah. point is it stood in stark contrast to all these home counties. Kids. Yeah. Kind of
1: kind of talking a bit more like that. and a bit Yeah. More. It's- <laughs> Hey, listen, exactly. listen, honestly, you like, each of their own, this is their world, you know, and I get it, I totally get it Yeah, man Um, I'm from the outside Okay, where are I'm, you from? I'm from this place called Billingshurst, which is a small villi- village just by Crawley Way
0: So that's south South by London. Gatwick, yeah Yeah, yeah So
1: there is this, like, there is this difference, there's uh-huh. this shift in, like, like Crawley has got, is multicultural Yeah And as you slowly bleed out of Crawley, anything else is like to, to a lot of people, it's like a, a, it, it's a turn of events. It's like, yeah. wow, like you know, black people in, in like West Sussex, you know, it's it kind of mirrors what Bournemouth was yeah, about back then, yeah, and yeah. it probably still is very much the same now. Yeah, the villages, those small places, you know, what I mean, it goes far as to say watching TV, they're getting a dis- more descriptive, you know, society than what they're <laughs> yeah. actually living in. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a mad,
0: it's a mad one, isn't it? And, it is mad, bro, mm-hmm. and uh, Man, it's just, you don't... Dude, you know what's funny about it, though, Killer Killer, right? I I didn't... I always thought that I was on top of things. Mm. Back when I was lost and confused in university, I didn't know I was. Mm. I just I just thought I was just being a good student by shutting myself away from mm. everybody and mm. not really socialising that much and mm. just working mm. and playing my piano mm. and, like, just being weird and being a loner because that's what I was being. And I'm sorry if it... Sounds bad that I just called loners weird because I'm still a loner now, yeah. but we are a bit weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. creatives generally... Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I thought I was normal, but I wasn't. And the point I'm trying to make is that I went back to my uni and I saw all these youngsters just mm. in their tribes and I just thought, because I wasn't in my tribe properly, man. Like, even if I wasn't a bit of one, I wasn't in it with my whole body. I was looking off a part of my head because I was depressed and... Mm. Essentially living as a frozen version of myself. Like, like Whoa, I was in that you know is I mean? cool. Dude. yeah. That's amazing. What an analogy. I uh, was well, this is part of why I like I know this is such a big jump now, but this is part of why I like Travis Scott's music, bro. Oh this
1: is why I like Travis Scott, bro. I love
0: Travis Scott's Yeah, music. man, I think he's yeah. dope, bro. I love Posty as well. Like that whole kind of thing is. That's why I like them though.
1: Don't sleep on Posty, he's sick. He's dope. Yeah, I've yeah. just done a film of him. No.
0: Yeah, the film I did called Cash Trunk with Guy Ritchie. I mean, He's this is it. just like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What what do you think I'm dealing with here? <laughs> what do you think this is? Mm. This ain't no. Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, bro, I just done a film with him, but like coming back to those guys, like well, to quickly wrap up the story about uni. Mm. I went back and I was spending time with these with these ladies who were like young Londoners, mm. and like they were talking to me about the way the uni is now. Don't get me wrong, bro. They feel a sense of displacement as well they felt something similar to what I felt. The difference is they got each other. I didn't, I had a best friend, a former best friend who was my guiding light throughout mm. university. A woman. And I'm not going to say her name because I don't need to be doing that. But the point is, there was a woman who was my best friend and I love her. I still mm. love her to this day. Mm. And um, she was my guiding light. Without her, I would not have been able to see my way throughout that university. Or mm. well, I wouldn't have. That's amazing. But the point I'm trying to make is that You can't put everything on one person. Even with all of the efforts and with the excellence of the... the Because the
1: emotion's in you. And, yeah, and that resonates yeah. with them, yeah, it gets harder. There we go. So yeah. without
0: her, thank God for her, Like she was like a guardian angel. That's crazy. She still was for many years after. But the point I'm trying to make is that within university, dude, I just felt a disconnect, man. Yeah. And the big thing that exacerbated was that depression. So then when I went, so then as I said, I lived th- for those years somewhat frozen. I wasn't mm. there properly. Mm. I was getting good grades and I was teaching myself stuff. I learned Spanish, I learned French. I was going hard, bro. But the point I'm trying to make is that, as a person, I didn't do yeah. much growth. I didn't.
1: I would mm. almost say my
0: personal growth was on pause. Really? I didn't. I didn't grow because I wasn't. I didn't want to indulge.
1: Even though you were learning languages and piano and you were getting on with your grind, I mean it's yeah. a lesson in everything, isn't yeah, I it?
0: Guess I guess that's a good point. It taught me how to work hard, irrespective yeah. of what's going on around you. I definitely developed the whole Rolling Stone Gavin Stone moss energy. Oh, like, like that. I, I became a mm, Rolling mm. Stone. You know where I'm coming from. I became almost like aggressively focused. Mm. When I wanted to achieve something, nothing could stand mm. in my way. Which you could argue has backfired and other points in my life because it's become a bit obsessive, a bit OCD. But yeah, the prompt yeah, make but that... But thats like, fine. Yeah, that's as a creative, bro. We all have that yeah, thing yeah. in us that wake up
1: for something. Just wake up. There for we something. go. You
0: got it. But like in terms of, um, I, as I said, I went back to my uni and I just felt a sense of like I was reliving my youth. I thought, dang, like. I wish I could do this three years again because I didn't do it properly at the time. You know, it's sort of mm. an ever-revolving circle. Bro, there's nothing more existential in the way than going back to a place where you felt like you were the most important thing and just seeing that time has just kept going.
1: Oh, bro, that is so true. Do you know what I mean? Like, For real.
0: I, 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 bro, I had this when I went back to the It's a reality,
1: mm. real reality shit. It just never stops. Yeah.
0: You start first year and you think, God, we matter. Mm. And the tutors love us. And second year, you matter more. Third year, you feel like the most important thing. Mm. In two years, you come out and there's just new third year, yeah, And yeah, they yeah. matter just as much yeah. as you did. And there's new second years and first years. Proper perspective. Bro, it's just that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just that. Mm. I do think universities almost can... <laughs> you can look at them as, like, being reflective <laughs> of life, dude. Mm. Just, <laughs> people just coming. Through all the time, and yeah, <laughs> you went there. And you were there for your three years, and in, in in 115 years, there'll be other people there, and you're all linked because mm. you're all on the same timeline. But some Ooh. of you are dead. Yeah, some dude. of you are still alive. That's crazy. It, it's nuts. It's nuts. The whole thing of being an alumni, like you know
1: what interested me. Yeah,
0: because
1: I was thinking from a, I, I did go back to my school one time. I can't remember what, what it was for, and I suddenly saw my teacher old, mm. old like. Gray hair, like a little bit more curved in the back. <laughs> yeah. Dude, like that, and you're just like, oh, mate, you were my teacher before, but now
0: you're human. Yeah. Like, Yo. Yeah, but I know it's a, it's a mad feeling, bro. I like just aging, man. Aging is a yeah. funny thing, isn't it? Just getting older. Because it feels like the mind doesn't age. No. It feels like the mind doesn't age. It just has experiences that teaches it to make better. Dec- <laughs> I better, better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is now it's the reversal that bomb of slipping through there. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah,
0: no, yeah. It, I feel like you just go through experiences that teach you to make better decisions yeah. in your life, yeah. and it's um, so all you got. But yeah, but your mind doesn't really say the same. Like I, I understand why I made the mistakes. I made. I understand it. I didn't even understand why at one point I just knew less. But the point, the the, the thing is, I don't essentially feel that different to what I felt like at eight years old. Do you understand what I mean? I As I hear my voice, I don't feel like, oh man, your voice is broken. Obviously it has, but the point is like, in your own soul, do you ever really feel that different unless you go, f- I mean, I don't even know, even if you experience like trauma, to right. what extent do you feel like a different person? No, right.
1: Do you feel like maybe, um, right, because I've, I've had depression, do you feel like th- there's, it's a bit like a virus? It la- it's always there laying dormant in your head. Yeah. It's always this potential that there, there is a little elephant in the corner there. Fact. But you just learn how to move on and recognise that it's there and just keep going. That's I couldn't the agree more. Yeah, you know I mean that's a clever thing about the mind, is that the, the things you gather actually stays
0: with you. Yeah. Yeah. You put it in a box and you leave it. Dude, I'm telling you, man, and like it's funny because I lucid dream. Oh. Yeah, bro. And you know what? When you lucid dream, you end up coming into Anything you've maybe tried to suppress or lock away, you're yeah. gonna see it. Because mm. being in a lucid dream is just is literally walking around in the magi- in an imaginarium, in a literal physical room of your own subconscious. Crazy, So, Crazy. so you what? see things. Anything you try to lock away, maybe things that scared you as a youngster. For example, like when I was younger, I was really scared of German shepherds because one tried to attack me once.
1: Okay, so that's why. So with you. I
0: had like a little, tra- like not a trauma, but a little trigger inside mm-hmm. me for them. Nowadays, if I see them, it's not that I do that. It's just that. I'm not necessarily going to allow my leg to brush its back as I walk mm, past mm, like, I'll take a bit of, I'll walk around that lamppost. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But in my dreams, ooh, I remember I was having this dream. I opened the door and I was just a German shepherd, like rum, rum, that bro going nuts at me. And I just stood there because I was lucid dreams. So I knew I was dreaming. And I said to myself, oh, so this is where I've put you. I've locked you.
1: What? Is that? It's what the mind does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just locked it away.
0: It's the mind. I just locked it away, yeah. And yeah. All, anything that you've ever experienced is in there. Yeah. It's deep in there. It's just you might never. So my uni years are in there, and I and I feel them coming back through, even the choices I make in women. Bro, do you know what? Me and my friend had this argument, and we not this argument with each other, but we made an argument to suggest that you never really get past what you were attracted to in high school, bro. That's not a comment on age. That's no, the no. Type of girl. Oh,
1: this now this is a subject. Yeah. I. Th- <laughs> I think you might be
0: Dude, barking I, up the right tree. I think I don't think, bro, you ever move past what it is you found most attractive in like year ten. I, I, I got a feeling you're right. Do you understand what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Right, I feel like your sexual awakening, providing you don't realise that you're, you're gay or something. Mm. If you sort of like just remain heterosexual for your whole life, as mm. you and I mm-hmm. have done, basically, I believe that your sexual awakening—the first one—happens in year seven. Because you're around older girls. And it's just a lot. It's nuts, bro. (laughs) So all through primary school, kiss, Chase, kiss, Chase, let's get married. All that shit in the playground. You get to secondary school and then suddenly you're around like literal, what's you're you're 11 or 12 and there's 16 year old girls in tight skirts Mm, and mm, shirts and and they look incredible. You're seeing mm. curves, you're seeing women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: not just tweenies. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's just... And these are young girls, but they're big to you because you're smaller. Yeah, and it's just... Exactly. So what you're saying, you form your, own, you condition your own head to the kind of preferences that you I like. I think you yeah.
0: get some preferences based on mm. interactions you have. So, for example, taking it to myself, when I was in secondary school, okay, yeah, seven starts. I see all the older girls. I think they're beautiful but then you can't go for the older girls. So what your mind does is it, it acclimates to what is in your year. acclimates see, I Do you know, know what I mean? It's boys. just a natural mm. time. It's just, it acclimatises, yeah. it modulates, so you sort of, <laughs> everything levels out and you go, all right, this is my year, I yeah, can't yeah. get. I can look at your eight girls. I can mm. think about your nine girls. Mm. I can't even whisper at your ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, know what I mean? you understand yeah, yeah. unless they come to you and say, you're so cute, which did happen with me. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to believe looking at me now. But <laughs> once upon a <the> time, girls, <laughs> thought I was cute. You ain't lucky you even got that. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and basically, bro, like I feel like in my year, mm. there were like a couple friendships I formed with girls uh. that became, I would say, somewhat reflective of what my eternal taste in women would be. Wow. To so the point whereby I could almost tell you that like, oh, okay, I want to say this, I want to say this, I want to say ahead. this. You have the attraction that is formed by what the world tells you to form attractive, find attractive,
1: he, right? By default, yes. Yep,
0: so like the world for East Londoners, young East London black boys told us that we've got to find light-skinned girls attractive. Like right. Like mixed-race girls and blah, blah, blah. Like your
1: Halle Berry's kind of things. Halle
0: Berry's and then like, j- just bro, like, do you remember Samantha Mumba? Just general mixed race. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, light skinned girls. Yeah. I love these references. You know yeah, yeah, what I mean, bro? Like, it's like
1: we are hitting these marks, right? <laughs> old now. school energy, bro. Yeah, you yeah, get me? Yeah. But
0: like, just light skin girls. Lisa Mafia. Mm, yeah. Do you know what there I mean? There you go. Old tight Lisa. Yeah, you know, just these just beautiful light skinned girls. And that's what was sort of shoved in our faces and everything like that. Alright, cool. Everybody did find them attractive, but I don't know, maybe more because the world was telling you less than it was your own innate attraction. Mm. My own innate attraction was beginning to form through some friendships I had with certain girls. And, and
1: who were they? What's your, what was your, what, give me some, give
0: me some reference points of the kind of
1: um, uh, female models that were kind of floating about at, in real, reality. In
0: reality, like, so not, not in celebrity. Right? Yeah. In my own world, it was often, I've got to say, black girls with a lot of attitude. Uh, A lot of attitude that sort of... Um, submissive. It makes you more submissive. It made me feel submissive. Yeah, yeah you got it. That Ooh. could just, bro, could tell me what's what. That mm. could put me in my place. That could, like... You know, I was quite diminutive when I was younger. Now I'm tall and I'm muscular whatever. Mm. Yes. But when I was younger... Bingo. Yeah, Win. I wasn't then, no. Yeah. When I was younger, I was small and scrawny. So, like, mm. I was. it was easy for girls to just tell me what was what. Mm. And I'm not going to lie to you. I thought I didn't like it, but I did actually like them being able to, like... I like the attention. Ah. Because you know I mean?
1: they were so dominant, and like yeah, then all of a sudden, you you got them through your acumen. Yeah, man.
0: exactly. So then... Oh, the challenge. I think, uh, yeah, exactly. It was a challenge, and I do find a, a woman who is able to speak a mind, and it's not just limited to black guys. I really want to point that out. It's just mm. that at that age, I was only around black yeah, girls. Yeah, well, how would like, you, how
1: were we talking? Like, 16, 17? Maybe well, younger. even younger. Though. I was younger. 12, 13. Oh, right, right. Right, right. Right, this was right. 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 the one in my... So you should on should form it, you know. DNA business, exactly. yeah. Exactly,
0: but... It, in terms of what I'm attracted to, it's just yeah, women. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Race is almost irrelevant, irrelevant to yeah. attraction. But like, what I'm, I'm trying that. to say, yeah, exactly. But like, in terms of the behavioural to patterns, it was definitely like being able to put me in my place, mm. knowing themselves, not being afraid to talk about sex, not mm. being weird and squirmish mm. about it, being quite direct in their ability to just tell me to shut up. Mm. Like, they mm. could just tell me, shut up. Like, that kind of thing. I don't even really get annoyed at it. This is starting to sound cringy, so I'm going to just keep moving forward. The point I'm trying to make is that That's what I realized became my type, but I didn't chase that all the time because I thought I wanted a nice, sweet, Mm. sort of Mm. archetypically feminine girl. Mm. Archetypically feminine. Yeah, I get you. Archetypically, I'm really stereotypically feminine, I should say. Mm. Like, just does everything for you, but. Like just really or, like, sweet and English nice and rose kind of thing. Yeah, English rose, and that's not limited to white guys. i mean, even black guys. No, no, black yeah. guys could be English, English roses. Yeah, roses, that's what but, I mean. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm but talking then, more. I'm talking more like like uh, wholesome, sweet, wholesome. Yeah, and I thought that was my thing, and I do like wholesomeness. But I would say that sweet and sensible isn't really part of what ultimately sort of mm. is a fixed attraction point for me. Mm. I realized when I was older that like. No all those girls that I had to see certain friendships with in secondary school that used to that were able to put me in my place that would flirt with me a lot mm. as well that could like tell me what was what that just would argue with me that would never have it from me all those personality traits are actually what I find most attractive now interesting and those formed in secondary school and I'm not going to get around in full
1: cycle yeah man
0: yeah the visuals doesn't matter I think it's really important that when you' got
1: like when you're into a girl, it's like gotta be there. Gotta be something interesting about them. Oh, They gotta got be a bit of a bitch.
0: Do you know, you gotta, bro, put you know it mean? there, put it there. is she going to you keep you on your toes. Um, why is this
1: boring? Yeah, that's they gotta have quirkiness. Gotta be funny and just nuts yep. at the same time. I like
0: crazies. Yeah, crazies They gotta got be able to put up and to also be able to butt heads with you. Yeah. And and you gotta feel like almost good about being submissive to them. Right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she put me in my place. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's an There are there,
1: are, there, are, there, are, there are magnifying glass on your faults as. as, well as
0: and, and though to just sort of broad, just to sort of expand it even more what I'm discussing here mm. is what is essentially in a grander sense is what leads to the sort of and I just really want to point out this is not an interest of mine <laughs>
1: it's not an interest of his at what? all Well, so he's about to say right now it's not an interest of his it's just it's just perspective
0: straight up but I, I think I'm a thinker it's what I do I think about mm-hmm. everything so like you see what we're discussing here about girls that can make a man feel submissive and yeah. put a man in his place? Mm. Don't get me wrong, you don't want to be submissive all the time. Sometimes you just want equal. Sometimes you yeah. know that you've got to put your foot down. That's right. But the point is, generally in their character, there is a lovely quality of them not being able to take shit. Cool? Yeah. That's all I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's On a grand I mean. sense, this is what leads... People who don't really realise who they are properly sometimes can get down these deep, dark rabbit holes. Yeah. And I think this is what... What, where they become submissive? Or... Well, they start getting into that, that yeah. world Insecure. too much. SN- well, the s world. Oh I, I do believe that yeah. this whole thing of dominatrixes, it comes from guys who maybe... Oh, you know, this is too unfounded. But the point I'm trying to make is that I do believe that when you don't quite have a gauge and a real hold on what it is you find attractive Mm. you go to extreme lengths to understand Mm. it and sometimes when those lengths get too extreme you're in a whole universe that can almost desensitize you to the normal attraction like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you something about myself right I don't watch porn and the reason why I don't watch it is because I just don't want my mind be desensitized to what it is I love about and, women. Well you know the whole no fat thing? Yeah that shit's man. real like it's real bro <laughs> if you don't no no it makes it so much better. Yeah
1: it just does. Yeah yeah it's just a discipline you just got to install. There we go. I've talked about this so well I haven't talked about it in podcasts I'll talk about it in, to my friends. It's like yeah. you know and we all share the same sort of thing. It's like yeah, are man. you fucking mad? Are you yeah. really gonna do that to yourself? Because it makes your mind think that you're getting it in abundance. Yeah, exactly. And you become weaker. You the become stallion weaker. in you goes.
0: Jeez. You got it. You got it, bro. And I, and I believe that I have life proof of this, bro. There was a time when I was like a you know, a, a human being, a watch porn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I stopped. The reason why I stopped is because, as I said, it just desensitised yeah. me to the sort of the power of... Of what a woman can be, mm. when you actually enjoy her for who she is, as opposed mm. to who she is against the backdrop of tons of pornographic women, which is which is actually it's dangerous,
1: man. Especially yeah. now, like you, you arguably, I don't know, but you type something in, and next thing you've got like an, a, a plethora of like loads of different shit. And I'm like, yeah, Yo, you never you have to look up top of the, the, the shelf back in the day. Yeah, you know, man, didn't used to get that shit yep. like that fucking kids up and this is
0: why i advise people not to watch it well, i've literally mm. like told friends like don't watch it trust me because fucking kids up. you would love being in a bedroom with your partner mm. or with your woman mm. or whatever it is so much more if your mind mm. has not been infiltrated yeah. with images of very very unrealistic yeah. sexual situations yeah, it puts a
1: high expectation in your head yeah. you don't you don't take pleasure in the act because you've already subsidised your There we act. go, there we go, <laughs> there
0: we go. You got it, bro. And I almost, you know what we can compare it to? Back to the, what we were saying at the beginning of the discussion mm. about how, like, artists lose their potency when they sort of get... Uh. I do think that, yeah, your sexual potential loses its potency when you've been shrap- diluting it with... Jerking with off. Mm. Yeah, I'm wanking, yeah, uh. straight up. I think you got to just try and... You know, once my friend wrote a Twitter status. He said, "I have stopped watching porn and started enjoying sex more." And mm. I thought, yeah, I think many people it's could true. agree with you there. It's true. So yeah, but
1: a lot, a lot of people see it. Not a lot of people. It's an, it's a drug. It's an endorphin rush. <laughs> it it's man. that thing. It's like, it's like having a coffee or,
0: you know, having your third beer or it's, it's taking that drug. Yep.
1: These are all, and what we're talking about. Essentially, is like addictive qualities.
0: It is, man. And humans, we get addicted to things so easily because we have so much that we don't need, mm. that we therefore just chase what we want. Yeah. Humans, right, as a species, are scary. You know, we've only been around for 200,000 years. This species is human being, as, exactly, is unbelievably small. Dinosaurs were here for 164 million years.
1: Jesus. We haven't
0: even lived at 32nd oh, <laughs> of the time that they were on Earth for. But look Fuck. at what we've achieved in the time though, bro. I know. We have achieved things that... You, I read this article the other day, and you know what it said in it? It said that there's probably not even other life out there.
1: That's what I'm saying. I've thought about it. There is... Until proven, there's nothing.
0: There's nothing, bro. There's nothing. And I used to be a Before I used to say... Did it, you see that on, Will man. Smith?
1: Did you watch that Will Smith um, program? About, strange, about I think it's called Strange Thing Called Earth or something. It's, no, I didn't see it. The Strange Blue... I watched it on a plane on the way back from, from some show, and... Uh, it, that's how I got the conclusion.
0: Yeah,
1: the, he was. They basically they're telling the story about the, the Earth and how it's formed. They talked about the dinosaurs, of course, but but they were talking about okay, the oxygen, how oxygen is created. It's not just the green in the trees. Yeah, there's a whole. Se- and how do these how do these these environments across the Earth form? How do they? It takes the sand of the Sahara to land in the the. the the basin of the the the, 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 the forests and the blah, 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 you know what I mean. I mean the I'm, equation I'm, is unreal. It's just co- to make us unlikely. Unlikely yeah. it could be anywhere else. And,
0: and 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 I've read this stuff and they just say, look, if there were other, if there was other life on Earth yeah. that was more intelligent than us, mm. dude, they would have reached us back. Come on, us. man. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's madness.
0: Like, it's madness to think. In two hundred thousand years, we've achieved so much that some people never even have to leave their house. If you got enough money, you can have everything you need without having to leave your house. You can be schooled at home. You can have your food delivered. You Clean can have your food delivered. Cleaner, yeah. You see, bro, honestly, you can literally live as a vegetable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that is like a almost seen as like a an inferior way to live your life. You I was just gonna live, say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can live as a vegetable luxuriously.
1: Yeah. There'd be people that arguably, if they were to live. If they, if we posed this argument to people in the sixties, the first thing they'd be like, is, "Why would you do that?" Yeah. Exactly. But nowadays, it means it gives opulence. It's like I am that person that it can does, afford yeah. to do that.
0: There we go. There we go. And I just feel like, you know, when you consider what human beings are, it doesn't surprise me that you know we we are such hedonists because mm. we don't need as much as we have, man. No, like it's bullshit. We don't. Yeah, exactly. It's absolute bullshit that like, we live. Without even having to consider survival, we just live. We're not
1: gonna get eaten around the corner. i not. Nothing. You know what I mean? So we got all this. We've got all this tribal, primal, t- testosterones and things that are built into us. Mm-hmm. But we're told not to behave that way.
0: Yeah. Because the society we're in is now like so n- neutral so neutral and, and you know there's even to suggest that people are getting less intelligent because we've got so much that does the brain work for us mm. that there is now no longer as much of a need to use your brain to the same extent so like mm. when they when people make arguments about how music is getting worse well it's an interesting argument but what i would say is that never before in history have musicians have to use their mind as little as they use them now yeah that sounds so, so fucked man yeah, like, yeah, fuck. they don't there's no musician now on the planet, in my opinion, they need to use their brain as much as, as much as, um, let me think of somebody who's like, Sly Stone used his brain. Yeah. Or even like, Stevie Wonder. You don't, okay. you you will have to use your brain, and I could say relatively you're using it the same way, mm. but dude, if you think of the amount of time it took for people, for people like Sly Stone to acquire virtuosity, to reach a level of virtuosity on every instrument, mm-hmm. If mm. you think of how long just that takes? Yeah 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 yeah. That's a whole use of the brain that Mad. now is used on a laptop. Yeah, yeah yeah. Laptops the way they're designed is to make everything easier does for us. Does that make people does, make,
1: does that should people define themselves as artists based on on that that factor?
0: No, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't I would say you're an artist if you're an artist I think you could literally do nothing but but count numbers all day and still be an artist. I believe that artist mm. is a type of person. It's not based on what you've done. I think you're right. Do you know what I mean? I agree. I do think it's I, do think it's, it's I, I have a type of person. I
1: have a love-hate relationship. And it's really hard on a podcast because I get different generations coming here. Yeah. People of different walks of life. And we talk about all sorts of stuff. But when the music thing gets thrown up, sometimes it can be really biased and people have this presum- presumption that that music has to be a certain way. And being a creative has to, you have to do a certain thing. Yeah. And, but, but, but we're all full of stereotypes and we all have different stereotypes. It's really hard to, I don't always agree with it. I don't always agree with it. But it gets to the point where I'm like, well, I'm not going to challenge it. I challenged it on the last podcast. Yeah. It's like, what you've said there, I totally and utterly agree yeah. categorically. Yeah. It's like, you, you aren't going to, I hope they don't create another Stevie Wonder. You can't create yeah, another Michael Jackson. You can't. It's impossible. You, people yeah. are working within their environments and technology and the circumstances of the world, and that's how the best things are created. So where maybe you, they might be forfeiting the twenty four thousand hours of, you know, playing three different instruments,
0: mm-hmm. they
1: have other things that they've got. They do it with. in
0: other ways, and they okay, yeah. so. You know, the thing I really want to point out here. This has brought us. Back to another point, I like the way this conversation is happening. Mm, it's we're kind of yeah. going off on one tangent and then we're sort of taking the trampoline back yeah, all the way yeah, to where that. we started. All right, so I was at something where somebody was saying that they think all music today is shit, <laughs> and they said to me, Music today is shit. You know, there's no more, and I remember earlier when I spoke, I didn't say that we don't have musicians that are talented anymore mm. who, are, who can't make music great. Mm-hmm. I just said, I question the extent to which they'll need to use their resources Agreed. and their facilities as much as people like Stevie Wonder, That's who right. took years to acquire right. virtuosity, blah, blah blah, attain virtuosity, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm trying to say is, um, I definitely don't think music's crap now. Mm, I mean, do you check my fucking Spotify playlist? Mm-hmm. Like I listen to shit from now and from the past mm-hmm. you get me? And, like, somebody was saying that they think music's crap. They said, no, you know, Stevie Wonder. They went James Brown. They said Pavarotti. These were real musicians. Mm. They said, what we have now is rubbish. And I said, so are you trying to tell me that there is nothing musicians of today do better than musicians of the past?" They said, they they looked at me, and with their chest, looked me directly in my eye and categorically said, nothing. And I went, well, you're wrong. Deeply wrong about one thing. They said, "What?" Well, I said, there is... You could have all the arguments about today versus the past as so much as you want. People have golden age syndrome and they can never get past what happened in their golden time.
1: Golden age syndrome? Yeah, it's a big thing. You know what I'm coming from? The golden age syndrome God. is there.
0: But one thing you can never, never argue with me on this, argue with me on is this. And for me, this is like mathematics in terms of how simple and clear it is. School them. Tell. Musicians of the past might have been fantastic. They might have been more gifted on instruments. Mm. Mm-hmm. They might have, they potentially were better songwriters. I could argue that over time, it gets harder and harder to write we songs because all the songs have gone. Yeah, yeah, I could argue that like, there are only a certain amount of songs possible to write. Yeah. Now there aren't because we could make up a song now, but I could bet you would find something similar to it. Mm. Very, very oh, quickly. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a yeah. simple fact of life. So I would even say that part of the reason why maybe they were better songwriters in the past is because the songs weren't there to be written yet. Mm-hmm. Now they've been written. There you go. So we get into this age and anybody who wants to write a song is thinking, oh, I want to write something with the vibe of the Beatles yesterday. Mm. Well, that, so, yeah. that's the point. Mm. It's, you see what I'm coming from? Yeah. But like moving. this is why creating Genre, new genres is such a thing like creating grime because yeah, it's yeah. like it's never been done before yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: but and it opens it opens a different thought process into the saying same, the same things but in different
0: ways exactly using the
1: technology in a different way there we way, go blah, blah,
0: blah, there yeah. we go right mm-hmm. um, and also let's just point out that every single time new genres come out like jazz is now held in the same esteem as classical music now right yeah. but when jazz first came to fruition it was really disliked by the establishment because it was so new and raw there we go which tells us a lot because now jazz is literally like pretty much it's classical isn't it it's It's out there
1: well it's it's so worldly known it's yeah it's it's his own institution yeah
0: it's an institution just (laughs) as classical music is you know i'm coming from but um but let me sort of tighten up the point i'm trying to yeah yeah so the one thing that musicians of the past can't do as well as musicians now is create vibe The musicians of now are vibe masters. Just vibe. Dude, I'm I'm telling telling you that if you and I just want to smoke, smoke some weed together, and put on a good song. All right, don't get me wrong. You had Hendrix, right? Mm. You have people that you could vibe to. I could say that I could vibe to Human League. I could argue that Mm. I could vibe to Enya. But the point I'm trying to make is that that's not mainstream.
1: Mm. And it never was. Mm. Human
0: League was. yeah, But... But the quality of the music is quite in your face. It's out there. It yeah. gets right into your ears. You it can't was, hide from it. And
1: also, it was it was designed... It was also in part designed for the techers, the people that were interested in how the fuck did Martin Russian do that fucking snare? Yeah, how did he do exactly. that synth? Because it was so ahead of its time. There we go. You can't chill on that.
0: You <laughs> can't chill on it. Whereas now, bro, the music that Travis Scott makes, mm, the music vibe. that Ray Shremard makes, mm, 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 the music that Post Malone makes, mm, 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 vibe. Vibe. Skepta yeah. now, vibe. Yeah. Bro, these are artists that are making music with so much vibe. As in, you just got that, you know, the trap drums, mm. simple track drums, mm. nothing too loud and in my face, just a nice sort of, you know, hey, you got wait. the high hats mm. hey, It 808s, bro, the synth, the pad, and the mm. sort of the ghostly vocals mm. processed to fuck, mm. you know, with the like dripping in bloody reverb and all that mm. shit. They put their little auto-train effect on it. All right, cool. Somebody might go, oh, it's auto-train this shit, but it creates a different vibe. That's right. It's some, somewhat otherworldly. Mm. Try doing, if, if the artists of the 70s and
1: 80s knew the technology, they would have done it the same. Yes,
0: they would have done, factually, because they used the synth when it came people and they are used fu- the box. And humans are fucking lazy. Yes. They had to use that shit
1: because yeah. they didn't have anything yep. else. Um, vibe because, and I, I want to add to this, vibe is there because of the speed in which they can create now. Yeah. The vibe is retained all the way through. In fact... They know sooner whether they've lost their perspective on a tune quicker than anybody in any generation of music. Uh, yeah. They just know, mm-hmm. right? You know, and that's why I think songs are coming out in abundance, and the way it's consumed is even greater. Because like, oh, I'm going to smoke this, or I'm going to drink this. I'll, yeah, I, I want Oasis of Now, or I want yeah. I want fucking Cypress Hill of Now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this mm-hmm. is you know this is this is the
0: there's a there's a there's a song for everything. And bro, this is why I love Travis Scott. Because mm. I'm a big Travis Scott fan. Because dude, his music for me is just vibes mm. on deck. Mm. Like I'll put the song on, and what the song does immediately is it becomes a soundtrack to my thoughts. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or a soundtrack to the energy of that I'm feeling. Mm but not in a way that, I, I can't put on Michael Jackson, she's out of my life. Mm.
1: To Do you understand? No, Actually, it's, no, no, a no. it's a it's different.
0: It's a different mood. Yeah, bro. Like this is, it's all about the existential in-between moments, bro. Mm. Me and my boy, we always talk about the in-between mm, moments. Yeah. It's talking about the existential yeah, yeah. moments. I'm going to give you an example, right? It's right. the same boy that was talking about
1: the girl factor.
0: Yeah, he I got a friend. I'm just going. His name's Sal Ali. He's a filmmaker. He's very dope. I'll touch Sal he is Ali. Like, I got. I would say I have two partners in philosophy. Yeah. My actual blood brother, yeah. Raptum, the rapper, uh-huh. who's dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go and check out Raptum on Spotify. R A P T U M. He's got a show coming up in Hoxton. Colors. I think it would have happened by then. Anyway, as we were saying, yeah, like um, Go check it my my, my two philosophies in my my two partners in philosophy are my boy Saula, And my brother, my blood brother, same parents, wrapped him. Mm. And we sit and we just discuss (laughs) ideas and theories. And I've got one other one, Jasmine, my girl, my sister, Jasmine, Mm. I love Mm -hmm, her. mm -hmm. And like, all of us, you know, respectively, sit down and we discuss ideas and theories Mm. and, you know, thought patterns and philosophical ideas. And we just enter schools of thought and we discuss behavioural patterns and things that happen and the way people think behind everything. We Mm. just always discuss Mm. Essentially, the human condition in many different ways. And um, me and my boy, Saulo, we have this thing where we discuss, like, in between moments. This is all existentialism. All right, so... There's a girl Mm -hmm. that I meet somewhere. Mm -hmm. It could be a club, it could be a town square, it could be whatever. Mm -hmm. The point is, myself and this lady get talking. I find her very physically attractive, cool? And she finds me quite physically attractive. Mm -hmm. In my heart of hearts, I know the main reason for which I'm speaking to her is that I want to have sex with her. Hmm. But the nature of human attraction is that sometimes before being able to just have sex with somebody, you've got to prove that your personality combines well with theirs. And to be honest, you almost want the same thing from them. But the truth is, there is a little side of men that is actually content with just anonymous sex.
1: Mm -hmm. That is the
0: truth. Like. Mm men do just find the mystery Facts. of that very yeah. attractive. But hey, look, the point is, you have some interactions, mm-hmm. you know, I'm coming from and blah, blah, blah. You start talking on WhatsApp, whatever it may be. And what you find through the conversation is that you get on kind of well, right? For you, this is just a means to and then. It's it's the sort of the route you must take in order to get her to your bed. Mm. For her, it's more of, uh, it's, it's far more a building of chemistry. Mm. Anyway, you meet up, maybe you go on a date, And then she comes to your house and it goes so well that you end up having sex with each other, Mm. right? Mm. Here's the thing. After you finish having sex, something in your heart of hearts knows that she wanted, she wants more from you than just sex. Mm -hmm. Something in you knows, I was just enjoying myself. Mm. But there is a potential. I'm not saying this is all, I and mean, I'm talking yeah. about one specific circumstance, but yeah. maybe she wants more from me. Here's the thing. The experience you just had with that girl, you had it two days before with another girl. Mm. You're going to have another experience of an identical nature in two days of time with another mm. girl. So as special as this one circumstance feels, you know that it's something you experience quite a lot. Mm. And suddenly, so when you finish having sex and she's lying on that bed, She's asleep, maybe you look at her, and something in you goes, Is what I'm doing wrong? You You, ask yourself that you start to rattle, don't you? You start to want, and bro, it's an existential moment of reckoning where you just go, Am I abusing human nature in a way here? Mm. You wonder, and that's when Travis got music. It's not what I'm trying to say. Oh, my God. No, you just in-between moments. That is
1: so deep. That's like putting a fine pimprick into the markings of what a genre and a sound and an artist yeah. when to play. All of oh, them. Listen. Post
0: wow. Malone, Travis Scott, Rachel. Their music, it, it, it fits those moments in between the moments. And you can't know when... Yeah. No other time in the
1: planet would music be so... Exactly. Specifically There we go, man.
0: Or like another example is like, you've you've, you've been on a night out and you got high as fuck on some drug. And then the come down. The music that these guys make fits come down so well. They have songs for the height of the drug, Mm. but then they have songs for the come down. And the songs for the come down aren't some like, like some dreary shit. They're like, they're melodically so potent. It's like they hit... Every synapse, there is a come down mm-hmm. just <laughs> through the notes in the music. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Do
0: so you want to come and coming, an,
1: uh, Yeah, and I've never had it so well descri- described.
0: Yeah, bro, this is what you I'm... You go real, deep with your peoples. Me and my guys, bro, we philosophise all the time, man. It's because, I don't know, bro, I could say that being an actor and the fact that all I do is act for a living, mm-hmm. it means that when I'm not acting, I'm just thinking. Mm-hmm. And... And my friends are creatives as well. My brother is a rapper and producer. Do you feel like, like you get han- you get like handed
1: that? the script? You get handed the thing. Do you think that is it's it's a level of restriction? I mean, obviously there's a creative play within it, but I can imagine that for a, for for a brainiac, for better, well, for, better <laughs> yeah, world, yeah. for like you, you 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 kind of you you need more space to do you this. You got
0: shit. it, Kilo Kayla, You you work the <laughs> app, bro. Um, I love acting, mm. but do I think it's the premium form of artistic expression? No, <laughs> not at all. No, but it's, a, it's 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 an awesome exercise on disciplines, isn't it? It is, and it's a great way to sort of like understand the human mind, man. Mm. Because every different writer is writing from their own perspective. Yeah,
1: talk to me about that because um, I've got a couple of scriptwriter friends, and um, they're constantly. One particular, my boy Trip, he's he's very much he'll think about the, 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 the characters to the point that they, he knew what they ate 10 years ago. It's right, that, yeah. that detail. How, how, with like I say, you, you, you think a lot. You do a lot of this. You must think, okay, how do I really get into this geezer or this this character?
0: Characters. Yeah. All right, so, bro, I come for myself all the time. Mm. Look, I'm going to say this now. To any actor listening, this is a fact of life. There is no character that you can read on the page that is anywhere near as interesting as who you are. Why? Because even if it's a biopic, nobody that's written on the paper is real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I am more interested than Hamlet, Lear and Othello put together. (laughs) I'm real. Mm. I'm here. There you go. They're not. Mm. Do you want to start trying to say? I've got more experience than any of those characters because they're just writing and drawings. I'm here, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm not being written right now. One day I'll be dead and someone will write about me and then whoever's playing me will be more interested than me. Because I won't be alive anymore. Isn't that crazy to think? That's you know what I mean. It's just it's just the truth. So whenever I play any character, dude, my, my immediate point, not not all the time, but definitely from now, as in contemporarily speaking, mm. it's always how does this character resonate within me? Mm. How do I resonate within the character? And how can we make sure that the layers of existence I have, the mm-hmm. layers of character, charisma, personality, charm, understanding, intelligence, life experience, mm-hmm. can be drawn on effectively to infuse this character with enough life to make it a real, yeah, existent easy. person. That's all I'm trying to go for. Mm. You whoa, know, there's whoa. an interesting thing to consider. Sometimes actors might they might overthink about a character, blah blah blah. Oh like, how can I do this? How can I do this? How can I do that? It's important to remember that as an actor, you're a human being, you're an adult, right? Mm. If you're an adult. Mm-hmm. If you tell me to say any line, say the line is, look, just leave that alone. Mm. I don't have to think too much about how to say that. Do you know why? Because I'm not a dog speaking, bro. <laughs> it's not that you're going to go, how did they say that? Yeah. If, if I'm at a bus stop and somebody comes up to me to ask me for the time, mm. I don't check how they said it to make sure I think they're genuine. All they come up to me and do is say, can I have the time, please? They're not like a, a, a three year old doing it that shocks me. Like, how can a fucking three year old ask me this? It's not an animal. Yeah, it's no overthinking. One. It's just you're an adult. Mm. You have the ability to produce words. Mm. Just say it. So it's the same with acting, it's the same. Dude. Not entirely, but what I would definitely say is that once you've done the necessary amount of character research, you understand your character. And once you understand the meaning and intention of every line, the best thing to do is not overthink, mm. overthink and just speak. Mm. You're not a ketchup bottle speaking mm. When people go, how the hell could ketchup bottle speak? Mm. You're a grown person <laughs> who's here. <laughs> so I expect you to say something. Yeah, so yeah. just say what's been written
1: down. Do you know what's interesting when you say that? that and this is only, this is only like comparable to like the live show. The Podcast live show. The best moments I feel in the show, looking at me, you know, analytically, like, and really, like, with a conscious of, like, how am I behaving? What are my mannerisms? And, you know, because, you know, there's a level of sincerity that you kind of want to find a balance of. Yeah. Um, You don't always know the guests, or you don't always... Um, you're not always briefed on certain things that the way it's going to play out and things. Um, I think that's one of the best moments I find are ones when I'm not thinking... <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you just looks so natural, and you're just on it. And it's like it, that for me is like the zeitgeist that's the Goldilocks zone where I really want it to be like that all the time because you're at your natural core, and it's so
0: hard, isn't it? Well, bro, I love the fact you said that because obviously, I, fit, I recently finished working with Guy Ritchie on a mm. film called Castra. Mm-hmm.
1: Catching okay. it in What's it called cash truck? Cash truck. Yeah. Oh
0: shit! Yeah, it's, oh, gonna be, it's gonna sh- be fun, and I yeah. got a good little role in it. And dude, he does so much improv. Do you want to know why he does so much improv? Because he wants to capture things in the heat of the moment. Sometimes when you spend so many times, learn so much time learning lines, all you've done is practice the moment over and over again in your room. Like for example, as an interviewer, if you if you knew too much about the person, mm-hmm. or in fact, no, 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 I'm really gonna say this: if you know too much about somebody you're interviewing. But mm-hmm. Why are you asking questions? Dude, I agree. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The cue cards kind of, they're deemed
1: irrelevant yeah. if, you're, if, you've, if you're striking. A, I think it's mostly for some people, they're just not like you. Like when we chat, mm-hmm. it's like we're having bans. Yeah. Some people, they, they're not always like that.
0: Yeah, and it's hard to find a, it's hard a to find flow that, with them, yeah. right? But you know, I know, that's like a concept, flow. Mm-hmm. In like uh, oriental sort of like uh, philosophy, there's this concept called flow. which is when something is just moving in perfect motion, when the challenger and the task are at perfect, I've met at the perfect level so this is an actual thing it's a concept called flow it's a concept in oriental philosophical studies and it's this idea that used
1: like, too liberally in the yeah. west I'm saying too, yeah. wow yeah I know
0: flow but if you think of even when a rapper is flowing mm-hmm. what makes you feel like the rapper is flowing is when you've got the beat and you've got the rapper and they're at perfect synchronicity that's yeah. flow I can have a rapper doing crazy flows but they don't match the beat properly so then mm-hmm. nobody's gonna go yo his flow sick even a drummer a drummer is only at flow when it's, that shit is held, it's found at steady pace so it's can, kind of Mindless, it's there also we living
1: in the moment.
0: In the moment, bro. You know Sheik, yeah, the band Sheik? Yeah, of course, yeah. they got a song, uh... Everybody dance. Mm-hmm. The dr- bro, that's all live drums. What? He's famous. That drummer... I had no idea. Whole track, bro. Whole track. I had no idea. Bro, I listen to this man's drums obsessively. I'm not a drummer, but I'm so impressed by how he drums and sounds like a metronome, mm. but it's complex, bro, he's doing open hi-hats, he's doing, you know, flipping drum riffs, he's doing everything while holding a perfect tempo. That's flow, bro. Now, coming back to that, when sometimes when you're improving, sometimes, not all the time, you're in perfect flow. Sometimes when it's like the, the scene is this and you're totally to improv, and sometimes you and the scene, i.e. the challenger and the task, <laughs> meet at perfect level. It was cold. Flow is a big thing, you know. Shout out, rest, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, whose flow on the basketball oh, court was. I saw
1: this Bruce Lee documentary oh, for Kobe Bryant. My flow. When you were talking, I mean, you said Kobe, and I was like, "Jeez, oh, he was on that. He was on that documentary." Yeah. When I think of flow, I think Bruce Lee.
0: Yeah, it does. And bro, another full circle thing. baby drugs. Sometimes, yeah. Like, weed as a drug, what it does, the reason why people love it is it puts you in your flow. Essentially, all it does is it lowers your inhibitions. Mm. So you don't have a fear of people around you or yourself judging yourself um, with too much scrutiny for what you're doing. So, like, if I go into the booth as a rapper, mm. yeah, if I'm high, because my inhibitions are lowered, I'm going to perform with far more freedom and I won't care mm. about other people's judgment and also I will not let allow myself to be open to critique for myself. I just enjoy it, mm. Right? But then sometimes mm. when you're not, it takes longer to get to the place where your inhibitions are lower. So sometimes creators do use drugs to lower their inhibitions quickly so they can just enjoy it, right? And that's a fact. But here's the thing, that's flow. Mm. That's what you're trying to achieve is flow. Ultimately, you're because trying to Because, there we go, because if you got the task and you're the challenger, if you're afraid of judgment, you as a challenger aren't meeting the task. Oh, You're not shit. meeting the task. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. Now, the dark side of drugs is when they kill your flow. <sighs> when you as a challenger naturally aren't at the same level as the task anymore or more specifically you're not able to gauge a level of the task mm-hmm. i.e. the rapper give him a beat and he writes too much <laughs> and he's he, bro he's flowing like a hundred million words a second you're like it didn't need this much. It's too staccato, it's too rigid. It's there too, we go. C- c- it's almost like commu- c-
1: computerized. There it's we like, go. Brr, like te- and you're like, just
0: like, no, trust me, it is possible to rap this like Q-tip electric relaxation, right? Oh my God. Flow. Mm. Other rappers might have written too many words of that beat, you know, because they're thinking they've got to really body the beat. But Q-tip's flow was in such lock mm. that you give him the. Mm, 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 and he just. Mm. Honey, check it out. You got me mesmerized. He doesn't need he to doesn't do much need to more. Do anything. Flow. But we, uh, Oh my god! You get me? Yeah, yeah.
1: Flow. It's not, it, and it's not rocket science. It's just sometimes it's the space is everything. Space. Um, and yeah, and this is where drugs, I guess, you know, contrary to what we started off with, hmm. that's where this is the this is the bug to the flame. Yeah, big the, time. The drug is like to have something that chills you out and mellows you out and gives you a sense of now.
0: Yeah, that's the shit. It is big time. And I do believe this is why so many artists use it because it's just, it lowers your inhibitions and it means that ideas flow mm-hmm. more freely through your head mm-hmm. so that you can sit on the mic and literally come out with a song right there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're feeling inhibited, you're thinking, oh, if I write that, it's, it might sound a bit shit. Yeah, and they overanalyze. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can only come up, there's certain lines that rappers say that you think, you couldn't have come up with that if you were like being too critical on your, with yourself. Like you
1: just kind of know, don't you? Yeah. Know. That took that took that took some sort of aiding. Or that took yeah, some yeah, sort yeah, of like yeah, clarity. Yeah, yeah,
0: it did. And sometimes those tongue and cheek moments in music and everything like it does make a point about sometimes taking yourself too seriously. And the thing about doing something like improv, coming back to the Guy Ritchie film, mm. he used to love actors improvising, come up with scenes in a moment. He told me to improvise. Who knows if it'll make the movie? But at one point, he told me to improvise like a f- fifty-five second monologue about another character dying. Unscripted? Yep, he just said, get on the phone oh, and improvise so something sick. about the character dying and you needing the police. Oh, fucking just big up guy, Rachel bro- that's fire. Yeah. Dude, I didn't feel scared. I just thought, cool, I'll be seven years old. Because as a seven year old, I used to play these games in my, in my bedroom with my brothers. Guys, let's play the Scorpion King. You're this, you're that, you're that, let's go. Mm. And then you just do the scene. Mm. And you're coming up with full monologues as a seven-year-old, but you're not judging yourself because seven-year-olds, where they have, you could argue, less standards about how to live life, mm. they're just freer. They just do anything they want And they're they not prohibited to
1: by creative barriers and rules. There we go. Rules.
0: I love the fact you just said that because, you know, myself and my brother, maybe two years ago, had this talk in which we said the creative potential of, like... And this is a known fact, but mm. I'm just adding something to it, that when you're younger, your creative potential is far higher. Right, mm. And as you get older, you sort of... And Picasso was somebody who was a big believer in this as well. Your creative potential just gets lower and lower and lower mm. because you develop more inhibitions mm. and develop more ideas and standards and thought patterns about the world that, that act as barriers <laughs> to sort of complete and utter creative freedom. Compounds you. Here's the thing, though, my bro. As you get older, you also develop the ability to do things. So your ability to conceive sharpens. Mm. So a kid cannot be in full understanding of anything it's doing. It can be, but, like, if a kid makes an incredible painting that just looks incredible and everybody goes... (gasps) that's instinct, it's just instinct, it's instinct. The kid can never sit down and really analyse you properly what's happening, mm. whereas an adult can. So the trick as a creative is, it's to have all the skills that you acquire with age and the ability and the eventual virtuosity and everything while still yeah. maintaining the freedom of a child. The,
1: the naivety of a child. exactly Playing serious, a serious yeah, play. So exactly. you're like, you're
0: playing, but you're doing it seriously. Yeah.
1: yeah. That, that, as time goes on, as we get older, some quicker circumstances and other people's life happens mm-hmm. you know what i mean family things happen and yeah you know, accidents or and or other you know the mm. things that you would be beyond your control next thing you're homeless it, yep. shit like that is real yeah and um some people use that to power their creativity other others use it as a burden and it ultimately you know Knocks out their flame. It
0: does, man. It really does. And my whole thing as a creative is I just try to stay... How how do I stay young? I read a lot, dude. read a
1: lot, yeah? Since
0: a young age, bro, I've been an encyclopedia fanatic. Hmm. Fanatic. I always want to know things. I always want information. This is why I've got so much general knowledge. You know what I mean? Because I've always been interested in information. But the thing is, it keeps me young. Dude, I'll break it down. This is the kind of person I am. I went up with a friend the other day. She's from East Finchley. We went up in Angel. Mm. I, was, I live in North London, but my mum and my, my family generally live in Leighton when mm-hmm. I was born and raised. Mm. And as we were going home, I just said to myself, I said to her, how long is it going to take you to get home? She goes, about 25 minutes. She said, what about you? I said, yeah, roughly the same. And I just said to myself, geographically, what's closer to Angel? Leighton and East London or Finchley in proper North London. North, North, yeah. And I wondered, Mm. and I said to myself, and little little something in my heart made me think the lane would be closer. Because I just thought, I know Angel's North London, but it's so close to Central London and leaning towards the Mm. east that maybe somewhere in East London will be closer. Anyway, I got home and Googled it and I was wrong. The answer was that each of them is exactly one hour and 44 minutes walk away from Angel. (laughs) But I know that now. Whereas I can't. that. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Now, that information will not help anybody in life. Mm. But this is the thing I know it. Because you're interested. Because I just want to know, yeah, for my own sake. Mm. I just like to know things, bro. I'm interested in understanding things. You know, like. Like Kenzel Rise and Kenzel Green and, you know. Why some of are going Green is W10 versus all of of Rise being W10? Man. Just, just small things like that. Not that that is like an example of the kind of things I search, but I just the point I'm trying to make is that I look into things all the time, and whether that's philosophy, nature, human beings, geography, mm. something about sport. Trust me, I can engage in a conversation with with a lot of people on a mm. multitude of topics mm. because I read about so many random things. Mm. That's how I stay young. I'm inquisitive. I'm deeply inquisitive. Fire, you get me, bro? Yeah, cool. That's how I stay young. I'm deeply inquisitive. I never feel like I know enough. I always want to know more. Mm. Always want to know more. That's why podcasts are great. They are.
1: It opens like, like this, like crazy debates, like conversations that I wouldn't normally have on any given day. Yeah. Boom, in the pocket,
0: you know? Dude, I'm telling you, man. Mm. And another way I stay young, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, is by keeping myself free of any influence that makes me feel like I've got to be less of who I am than I am.
1: Mm. Because so important. That's
0: a big thing, bro, for me. But
1: that's a strength of character you've got. Even in those situations where you feel slightly compromised, you've got to remind yourself who you are. Yeah. That's a, that's, that, that shouldn't be a fight. That's just a fact.
0: Dude, I'm telling you, yeah, you know, if you've lost the ability to say no with conviction, you're not a child anymore. You, mm-hmm. I, all, all, all. If you've lost your ability to say no with conviction, you've lost your inner child. Because children, when they do not want something, Charlie, do you want spaghetti? No! Mm-hmm. A kid will tell you no without. <laughs> no. You know what <laughs> teaches people to stop saying no? It's being told you're being rude as a child if you mm-hmm. say no.
1: And it's also, the word no is, is derogative to, to offending someone's feelings.
0: Exactly. It's it's a a negative. But kids don't care. When they don't want something... I've got a little son, he's two. If I'm trying to feed him something he doesn't want, if I tell him, kick the ball, kick it, kick it... Right, if he doesn't want to kick it, he's not kicking it. Mm. And you know what? If you keep trying to make him kick it, he'll cry. As in, he'll throw a tantrum. Mm. That's it. He's no is his no and his yes is his yes. And that's kids for you. Mm. you, What did you think of that party, um, Tommy? Don't like it. Didn't like it. Mm. What did you think of the party? I loved it. You know they're being Mm. honest with you. Mm. And I do believe that that is... I mean, then eventually kids learn to lie and then that becomes a skill. Because they know they get something. There know. we go. Mm. But I just think that when you're at a point where you can't say no properly, you've got a problem. And you know, when I was younger, right? I, I've, You know, I've, I've definitely been the kind of person that's been guilty of letting people bully me and to do certain things. But, you know, I've rediscovered my inner child, bro. And I've just become so much more clinical with my life. Like... Children don't hold on to friends. You know, when it's mm. time for a child to move to another area, the child accepts it, like, no matter what. You just, just kind of moves on, right? And you don't yeah. keep talking to your friends from yeah. home. School. You, you, Billy, they can be your pen pal. All right, cool, they'll be my pen pal mm. for, like, what, a month? And then, you, well, you made new friends. Yeah, We've got to move like that as adults. Yeah. We've got to move like, as, like this as adults. Mm. Because sometimes you might have people in your life who actually have somewhat a damaging effect on your self-esteem, who make you feel like you've got to like be a bit wary of the things you say, who make you feel like the person you are is not suitable to every situation and therefore you've got to adapt all the time. Mm. People like that that make you feel shit about yourself, that can't support you properly, that are off- always offering critique, always, yeah. but yeah. advice, they're always offering so-called advice, but mm. really it's just critique and someone trying to make you, almost like bring you down. Down yourself. Sometimes they're doing it for the reasons of envy. Sometimes they feel like the only way to maintain any power in the friendship is to have you be the inferior, Mm. especially if you're doing well in your life. Anyway, if you have people in your life that are anything that are conducive to any of the sentences I've just spouted, then you've got to cut them off. Cut them off. I agree. Because the truth of the matter is those people are stopping you from being an inner child mm. and they're stopping you from living freely. Mm. If you look back on your time spent with those people, you realise you've wasted fuck loads of oh time. Oh my God. Yeah, you yeah, bet. I have no doubt Dude, about it. Dude, and I've made myself a promise, Killer Keller. Yeah. No more time mm. gets wasted. I'm with you. Bro. No more no, time. No more.
1: No more. Because A, you'll never win and B, they'll never learn.
0: There we go. If the kind of inner child they are is the school bully, then let them be It'll that. Be that yeah. But you've got to be like, but we're not in a school playground, so you can't bully me. Mm. Sorry. You've got to keep it stepping and be you. Mm. And anything that makes you feel like you've got to be less of you, it does not matter how long it's been in your life. Tell it to fuck off. Yeah. Tell Fucking it to fuck off. right. Because as I said, I look back on some of my uni yeah. days and say, shit, I lost time. I am mm. not losing any more time.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? You're now in this prime Alexandra Babalola is in his prime right now. Hell yeah,
0: man. And I want to be in the prime for the rest of my life. But this is why I like Kanye West. Mm. I know everybody has problems with him, but bro, his boldness, Mm. how much he speaks his mind. Mm. Yes, okay, sometimes he's just looking for controversy. Sometimes it's a form of promotion. But the point is, bro, he's like a big child. He just says it. Totally. What he feels comes out. Mm. Do you know what I'm coming from? And I rate that so much. Yeah. For He's like my idol. Like Kobe Bryant just passed away and he was some people's idol. He was my favorite basketball player, but he wasn't my idol. Mm, yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of my idol, is in truth my mum because of the fact that she's the hardest worker and like the most, the, the biggest life force I've ever come across in my life. But like outside of like personal idols, in terms of like celebrities, mm. not idols, but influences and inspirations, Kanye West is I'm my like, biggest I'm one. I kind of up there with you, bro.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, Pharrell and Kanye. I, but love I, with... I
0: saw the picture of you and Pharrell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, and, you and your boy yeah. Pharrell. Yeah. But yeah. Kanye, he's free. Yeah, he is. He's free, bro. He said, and you know what? Being a free thinker, it should be your whole goal, bro. No, no,
1: that's right. It should be, and like, but people, people take his his um, literal for offense, and it, yeah, that man. does my head in.
0: I know. Because he's, an he's actually,
1: he's actually ahead. He's in an he's in very much a european mindset. Yeah, man. America is still a young country very and much what so. he's saying is too much for them.
0: It is. It is too much for them. And I mean, there's other people that somebody can be described as free thinkers. Like, I'm not gonna lie, Donald Trump could be described as a free thinker, but his is different. His comes from being. He comes oh, from a lot of agendas. There we go. He's he's a problematic agenda. Yeah, yeah. He, there we yeah. go. He's not the one that we look at and go, yes. Yeah. Whereas Kanye West, okay, he does some fucked up things sometimes, but the truth is, he is a free mm-hmm. thinker. He's free, just the same way Bob Dylan was. Yeah.
1: Spoke out, and it'll only be, hopefully not too 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 soon. It'll only be when he goes that he will be. Known.
0: I know, man. He will
1: be respected and seen as actually the thing that he's always wanted to be. But people are so backwards. Is coming. Wiley
0: the closest thing we have to Kanye West in England? Because I think Wiley's a free thinker. He's a free thinker, I yeah. think Wiley's freer than everybody. You see other artists, I see them do interviews and they're constantly checking themselves. He's
1: fucking... He's, Wiley is a danger to yeah, the system. Oh, big time. In the
0: same way... Mm, no, not Tupac. But there's. I know what you mean about Tupac though, bro. Mm-hmm. Very, 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 Dangerous. Boy. He's just free. It's like there's no filter, yeah. bro. Whatever he wants to say comes out. Yeah. Bro, that's how I am, too. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. You I'm have the to same be. Yeah. And and more power to you. Mm-hmm. And I used to be the kind of person that wouldn't, and I'll let sort of people like edge me different mm-hmm. ways, but it's impossible to edge me anyway no. now. No, no, no. Because you're settled. You, you do it start. together, you know what you're doing. Mm hmm.
1: It's been mm-hmm. a pleasure chatting to you, my oh, it's brother. It's been an
0: absolute pleasure. we have to do it again. This is good. Oh, hell yeah, man. I had no idea. Next, next time, maybe... Come on, guy. Next time, I want to talk to you about your incredible career that makes all of my friends in music say, <gasps> you know, killer, killer. I need to get into that properly. <laughs> I need, that. need to get into that properly. All, all right, right, it's a deal.
1: Yeah. All right, yeah? will get into this. Pleasure, my brother. My guy. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Andrew Babalola inside. What a top, top boy. Um, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Pleasure brother Thank you so much Nice one, man, right, man. Um, And where they find you
0: Okay so Instagram is Alessandro.babalola A- A- double A- L- A- L- e- double S A N D R O Dot B-A-B-A-L-O-L-A Twitter is Alessandro underscore Babs no, so Not
1: Alexandra Alessandro Alessandra.
0: So A-L-E-S-A-N-D-R-O L- e- underscore B-A-B-S mm-hmm. Alessandro Babs That's the one oh, Yeah, yeah.
1: Now you got it go Get it go Stay lucky, people. Don't talk to any strangers. Peace. Peace.
0: Think freely. Yeah, think freely.